0: Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Today, please help me welcome Claudia Rossi. Claudia is a success and mindset coach who helps entrepreneurs, small business owners, and professionals identify the internal blocks standing in their way and learn the techniques to bust through them to achieve success. Before becoming a coach, Claudia worked for 20 years in the marketing, finance, and real estate industries, where she became skilled at identifying and overcoming mindset challenges as she pivoted from one career to another while reinventing herself each time. She now works with individuals to help them uncover their limiting beliefs and develop the strategies and systems to achieve the results they want. Claudia, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Harlan. I am so excited to be here. Thank no, you.
0: No, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to you. I know we we spoke earlier and stuff, and I've been looking forward to the uh, the conversation. So you have a bachelor's degree from university of Texas. And yes. then you got your master's degree uh, from university of North Carolina. What were those right. degrees?
1: Yeah. So great question because I'm not working in either one of those fields. I,
0: uh, <laughs> <That> <laughs> like happens, a lot of so. people,
1: I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, my undergraduate degree was in urban geography, understanding the geography of cities and why they form the way they do. Nice. And then I have a master's in city planning. Um, and my goal at the time was to go into uh, work in the public sector, working for, you know, a city, helping them plan, organize, develop their cities. Nice.
0: Well, you're still young enough. There's plenty of time for that. <laughs> plenty of time. All right. I want to come back and talk a little bit about how you got started in coaching some of the the clients that you're working with right now, some of the projects you have going, and then at some, some point we'll transition into courage and leadership. Okay. But before okay. we get started, I've got some questions that I ask every one of my guests these are questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actors Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, okay. if Let's you're go ready, to give a try. <laughs> right. question number one: What is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word, and I gave this a lot of thought. Um, my favorite word is joy. Just just hearing the just hearing that word makes me feel joyful.
0: Nice. What is yeah. your least favorite word?
1: So my least favorite word is ugly. Um, mm. I don't like that because once you label something as ugly, it's hard to see it as anything else.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what turns you on?
1: turns me on is, you know, anything outdoors, um, good conversation with people, learning something new.
0: Nice. And what turns you off?
1: Just unfairness. uh, People judging people prematurely or at all. Um, Again, that pigeonholes people.
0: Absolutely. Calling them ugly, stuff like that.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, What sound or noise do you love?
1: Laughter, you know, plays into that word of joy. Anything time people are laughing, it means there's usually joy there.
0: Exactly. Um, What sound or noise do you hate?
1: You know, I think people have a dog or a cat can relate to this, but that sound that that dog makes in the middle of the night when she's getting ready to vomit,
0: <laughs> that will wake you up from a dead it sleep. It can wake you up in like time.
1: 0.2 seconds, you know, so, Every yeah, time. not my favorite sound or hers either.
0: <laughs> Excellent. All right. What is your favorite curse word?
1: So, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, we didn't curse. We weren't allowed to curse. Um, My family didn't curse. So the the strongest curse word at the time was fudge. Or if I was really upset, it was fudgical. (laughs) And but since then, I've developed a a lot of favorite words.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: Yeah, I've always thought it'd be fun to be a college professor, just to be on that environment where people are learning or, you know, constant learning.
0: Nice. Uh, What profession would you not like to do?
1: those people who um, dangle off the sides of high rise buildings and clean the windows.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Not
1: for me. I admire them, but not for me.
0: Absolutely. All right. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Yeah. So I don't know if God curses, but I can imagine or would like to hear the universe saying to me, you know, damn girl, you made a difference.
0: Good job. (laughs) You made a difference. Absolutely. All right, Claudia, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about how you got your start um, in coaching. Some of the things you're doing in coaching, the people you work with and some of the programs and uh, special things you have coming up in the new year. Okay. Great. So we'll talk about that and more right after this. So stick with us. Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my business success mastermind group. Join my business success mastermind group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Claudia Rossi. Claudia, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So uh, you your degrees, urban geography, which is awesome, and city planning. How did you pick on those? Was there, I mean, somebody in your family that did this or?
1: Yeah. You know, that was part of the story that leads me to the, to where I am today, Harlan, is that I thought I wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up. That was my whole mission, my purpose. That's what I thought I was going to do and took a class in my first college class was an early education, early childhood education and just wasn't what I thought it was. So I made a snap judgment. And decided that wasn't right for me and just spent the rest of my college years trying to figure out what I wanted to do and just kind of fell upon planning as a career. Um, and then spent the rest of my working, you know, working before I launched my business, the rest of my career, trying to figure out what I wanted to do.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've known a lot of people that have gone to university and they'll start down a degree path think, no, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. They'll try something Mm -hmm. else. They'll change degrees two or three times before they finally settle on something.
1: Yeah. I just read something the other day that said that the average person changes their college major three times. Wow. And then I, and then I know from personally from talking to them, a lot of them end up with a degree that they really don't end up using and they don't like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, A lot of, a lot of people, I I knew one guy back in California that he had a degree in zoology, Mm -hmm. I think but he was in the manufacturing cost analysis group (laughs) for, you know, Rockwell or something. And it was, you just don't expect it. My daughter got a degree in theater arts and she is actually a general manager at a theater out in California. So she's like one of the few people that I know that actually use their
1: degree. I think that's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting how people end up um, where they end up, Uh, but, you know, and today in today's world with the, workforce changing so rapidly and technology changing so fast Mm -hmm. that they say that there are careers that are jobs that are going to be around 10 years from now that we Mm -hmm. can't even imagine. There's just no way to plan for them. Yeah.
0: But you have some experience pivoting so that you should be just fine. Right. (laughs) So you had experience experience pivoting in marketing, finance and real estate. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So I started off working, uh, doing some market research for a big company doing commercial real estate, just really fell in love through that process with residential real estate. Mm-hmm. And from there, I fell into marketing. It was none of it was planned. It was all just, um, I worked for a while for a job. I got unhappy with it. I looked for something else, figured out how I was going to make that transition and then, and then made, made the change. Mm-hmm. So I worked in residential real estate, primarily marketing for most of my career, um, got to what I thought was the pinnacle of my career, the place that I always wanted to be, and um, a very highly prestigious role, but I was miserable. And Mm. um, that's when I realized that it was time to figure this out. It was time to figure out, you know, what I was meant to do, and then help other people do the same thing.
0: Nice. And so that's when you made the transition into coaching?
1: Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I had so you, one of those.
0: No, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I had one of those truly light bulb moments when I was driving around in my car at work being miserable that this is what I wanted to do. Had no idea what I was getting into or how I would do it. I just knew that <laughs> there was a problem to solve.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so you went through accreditation. you got your ACC, which is the associate certified coach mm-hmm. uh, through ICF. And you're actually a, what, a board member? With ICF?
1: Yeah, so I was, uh, I was served on the board for two years here with nice. the Georgia chapter um, and really got to know a lot of coaches and learn a lot about what made a good coach and what made a good leader uh, because yeah. a good bit of coaching is, is helping the other person understand who they are, yeah. uh, helping them develop their leadership skills and um, just understanding themselves at a, a deeper level.
0: Yeah, yeah as a, I've been a consultant and a coach. And there's definitely a different, a consultant comes in and Mm -hmm. does the work, tells you what you should think and do. (laughs) And a coach really helps you explore by asking those questions, get you to dive deep within your own experience and say, well, here's what I think I can do. Right. Yes,
1: exactly. Uh, It's a mutually, a mutual relationship. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So what types of of coaching do you do? Is it mainly career type coaching or leadership coaching?
1: So it's a variety of coaching. Um, I work one-to-one with people. And the thing they have in common, Harlan, is that they all feel like they're in a place in their career, whether it's working for someone else or their business that they have. But they're at a place where they feel stuck Mm -hmm. and they want to do something different, but they don't have an idea what they want to do. So that's the thing that they have in common. And from there, they may end up deciding they want to change careers. They may decide that they want to stay where they are, but they want a promotion. Um, and they want some help with figuring out how do I present myself in this new manner, or they may want to start a business, um, and want some help figuring out what that business is. And then I have a group of people who already have existing businesses and they've plateaued out and they're feeling stuck and they want some help just moving on to the next level. So, but the thing they all have in common is that they have that stuck feeling.
0: Yeah. And I think we've all felt that at some point or another, right? Yeah. So if you're working one-to-one with a client and they come in and say, I just, I'm, I'm working for somebody else. I'm in a a career that I just feel kind of dead end or I'm stuck. How do you help them explore their options?
1: Yeah. So I have a similar process. I take people through whether they are looking for a new job or promotion, because a lot of times when people come to me, they don't know what their end goal is. They just know that they can't, they can't stay where they're at. Yeah. Um, so I take them through a process, and there's and there's really four pieces to that. Um, the first one is really understanding who they are at a, a deep level, what they want out of their life, not just what they want from their career, um, what their values are, what their passions are, what their purpose is. Um, so a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I want something that has more meaning. So a big piece of that is figuring out well, what does meaning mean to mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Um, and that's the first part of the process. And then the second piece is helping them figure out, well, what makes you different? You know, what's your secret sauce? What's your, your unique genius, as I call it? Um, you know, what are those skills you have, the strengths you have? Um, I tell people it's when you're, when you're inside the bottle, it's hard to see the label. So it's yeah. <laughs> hard to see, you know, it's hard to see ourselves because we do something, it comes easily to us. And we think that's not a big deal because, you know, anybody can do that. It's so easy. So it's helping people recognize what is special about them that people want to pay them for. Um, So that's the second piece of it. The the third piece is where the stuckness really comes from. And that's helping people overcome those limiting beliefs that are Mm. keeping them from figuring this out. Because everyone knows the answer. They just don't know they know the answer. Right. And that's, that's my role is to help them pull that answer out of them. So I'd like to give an example of sure. a, a client I had a while ago who was, uh, had, she had her own business. She um, I'm sorry, she was launching her own business. She had a full-time job. She was working as a project manager and she lived out in the Midwest, um, had all of her family and her friends. They were all there in the city with her and she'd always dreamed of having a fashion business. Um, so she'd, worked her full-time job and in her free time. She put together an online business for selling her own uh, designs. And she did this three times. She would work on it, really excited about her business. It would go for about a few months and then it would just fizzle out. Mm-hmm. Happened three times. That she wasn't sure what was going on. So we started working together. What we figured out, what she figured out was that she had this belief that if she were to be successful in her fashion business, she'd have to leave the city where her whole family was Mm. to go to a fashion capital like New York or Paris or someplace. Um, And so she had that limiting belief. It was in her subconscious. And once she got it to her her subconscious though, she realized, well, that makes no sense at all. And she was able to move forward. So that's a big part. Yeah. That's a big part of the work that I do with people. Um, And then the fourth piece is really uh, where you put it all together. I call it creating your own yellow brick road. How do you get from here? where you are, to where you want to be, whether you're changing careers, wanting to get a promotion or, you know, launching a business. Um, Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the basic part of my program that I, you know, I take most people through.
0: Very cool. Yeah. A lot of people can see that end goal way off in the distance, but they have no idea how to start, you know, or what direction to go to get there. Um, And the feeling stuck, like I said, we all we all feel that at one point or another. I'm going through some training right now for the uh, positivity quotient or intelligence, right? Your yeah. positivity intelligence. We oh. talk about the judge that yeah. started off when we were young and was kind of there to help us, protect us yeah. a little bit. But now you have all these other little saboteurs coming in. Right? Oh, you're not good enough for this. Oh, you'll never be good enough for exactly.
1: that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, identifying that. them. It's, yeah, yeah, identifying those voices and and squashing them.
1: Exactly. Because they're there and a lot of times they've been there for a long time. So, um, it's the big part of it is like you're saying is just, you know, bring them to the surface. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And those limiting beliefs. Yeah. uh, Usually with any business, even the businesses I'm, I'm working with what's holding them back is their belief that this is as good as it can be. You know, we're, we're making a lot of money right now, and this is really as good as it'll ever be. So why try any harder. And it's yes. like, why limit yourself? Let's, let's look at this, you know, what would it exactly. mean to you? Um, but the, the flip side of that is what are you willing to give up? Mm. Right. Cause every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something right. else. So what are you willing to give up in order to achieve that success? And a lot yeah. of times, like you said, they're not willing to let go of what they have to take that big step forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very good statement. Um, I think also people are not willing to give up on their image of themselves you know they see themselves at a certain role their family sees them as a certain role and they're not willing to give that up because they've built that into their identity even though they're not happy they still consider it part of who they are so yeah yeah, i had a client uh, a while ago who worked as an engineer and she had always worked as an engineer her parents were both engineers Uh, they told her when she was growing up you either got to be an engineer or a computer science, you know, major or nothing, no other careers are worthwhile. Right. Um, and so she all, she had that belief and she always believed that, but she really wanted to be a writer. She wanted to work right for a nonprofit. So mm-hmm. having her make that shift to seeing herself totally differently um, was a big, big challenge for her. She did it, but it was a challenge.
0: Absolutely. Well, you hear your parents' voice every once in a while, right? Whispering in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You must do this. You must do that. Exactly. Wow. Um, so how long do your, your programs last? If you're working one-to-one with somebody, is there a set timeframe or you just work until they're through their process? What is it?
1: Yeah. So it starts off the, you know, the core program is 10 sessions. Um, sometimes it's every, you know, 10 weeks if people want Mm -hmm. to do it once a week. Sometimes it's every other week. It really just depends upon how quickly they want to, they want to go through the program because there needs to be some downtime in between sessions to really yeah. process and evaluate and take some action steps.
0: Okay. So they buy a block of time with you yeah. and yeah. then schedule that forward. Nice. They
1: buy the program and, um, and then we work through it at whatever speed that they they want to.
0: Very cool. So aside from being stuck, what other types of things are people looking for?
1: Um, they're looking for something that really fills them with purpose. You know, we touched on that a second ago, but they're looking for something that fills them with purpose. Now, when I first started doing this four years ago, what I found was my clients skewed more towards middle age and above um, because they'd had some financial success and they'd reached a point where they had that, that freedom and the flexibility to try to find something that gave them more purpose, even though it might mean a lower salary, And what I'm finding now, because of what we've all seen with, you know, the great resignation and just the change that the pandemic has has brought to all of us is is a reevaluation of what people want in their lives. So I'm seeing younger people, you know, come to me, people who are even in college uh, or in their 20s, saying that I I want to do something that has more meaning. I want that work-life balance. Um, So that's a big piece of what I do also. It's helping people figure out, and creating for themselves their own purpose statement. You yeah. know, what does purpose mean to me? Because purpose is not what you do. You know, purpose is who you are. Right. And then what you do is just one manifestation of that purpose.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I wish they'd stop calling it the great resignation because I think the reevaluation is a, a better term for it. I think people are starting to look at, do I want my yeah. career in the hands of this company? Do I want to be you know, because a lot of businesses now are telling their employees come back to work and the employees are mm-hmm. thinking, wait a minute, I've yeah. been pretty productive here at home. You know, why can't I do something where I'm a little bit more location independent?
1: Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I love that, Harlan. You know, I, you, when you think about it, I love the great reevaluation because, the great resignation is really from the employer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they are seeing, but from yeah. the employee um, individual, it's the great reevaluation. So I love that. Yeah. Can I borrow that from you?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because that's really what it is. People are starting to think, wow, you know, I've, I've been able to work remotely. What other things are are possible working remotely, right. you know, right. or rather than having, you know, a lot of people that were working for uh, I don't know, restaurants, hotel, you know, those type of industries where they've lost, they lost wages. They were out of work for months, right? When, when this whole pandemic mm-hmm. first started, they're probably thinking, wow, I sh- I need to find something else that I can do. And then, like you said, we all want to feel purpose. We want to feel like we're, mm-hmm. the work that we're doing is beneficial. It's helping somebody, it's making a difference somewhere. Um, so to be able to find that and, and if it's creating your own business, that's, that's even better. I yeah. think so. Yeah. The yeah. whole reevaluation.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think along with the whole work-life balance and working from home is also that, um, like you say, the reevaluation of just what is important in my life. Yeah. Um, and it's not all about working, um, and making a lot of money. And I, yeah. I calculated a number of years ago that we spend something like 90,000 hours of our life working,
0: Mhm
1: um, so that's a lot of hours to be spent doing things that you don't enjoy doing, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: I always used to um tell people i I think we're given a certain number of heartbeats mm-hmm. Why waste those on anger? Why waste those on people that don't make us happy and things that don't make us happy, right yeah,
1: yeah spend wisely yeah.
0: spend wisely I love that. So, so the, the podcast is about courage, right? The courage to lead and and where people find the courage to leave the comfort zone of the nine to five job, where do they find the courage to overcome disasters or death or divorce or bankruptcies mm-hmm. and things like that to achieve their success? Um, we talk about uh, intellectual courage, right? The courage to, to set aside your long held beliefs, the knowledge you have mm-hmm. to make room for new knowledge. Moral courage, empathetic courage, social courage. Um, is there a type of courage you think is is most important for anybody, not just entrepreneurs, but just for yeah. people in general?
1: You know, that's a great question. And I think all those types of courage are valuable and necessary depending upon what you're doing. Um, I think about it from the perspective of really finding something that lights you up and fills you with joy, whether it's a career or a business or your life. Mm -hmm. I think intellectual courage can be really helpful in helping you being willing to look at things in a different way, um, to challenge your beliefs. And that's a hard thing to do.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And especially uh, like I've talked with leaders before that to think that, you know, for them to, to step out in front of their employees and ask an employee how's the best way to do this? Or how else can we do this? Or what new ways could we do this? That's difficult because the boss, the leader wants to think that they are the smartest person in the room. And it's hard to say, no, I'm not the smartest person. I'd love to hear what you say. You know, that does take some courage.
1: It takes courage, uh, but it also has the benefit, I think of creating respect from your employees. I, I think back to, All the people that I worked for and worked with and had a lot of bad examples, unfortunately, of of poor leaders um, have one really shining example of a good leader and really what made him different. What made people respect him was what you were just saying is that willingness to reach out to people and listen to them, really listen to them about what their thoughts were and their opinions were Um, still make his own decisions, of course, but people respected him um, and loved him because of that.
0: Well, people want to be heard.
1: Yeah,
0: You know, like I said, you don't have to take the advice, but at least listen, you know, be open to, to listening to what's happening. That's good. So where did you find your courage to branch out on your own?
1: (laughs) You know, I tell people my, um, my decision to branch out on my own was part desperation and part inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the part desperation was being a situation that finally was bad enough that, I found the courage to do what I wanted to do for a long time, which was to launch my own business. Yeah. Um, so um, I forgot the question.
0: <laughs> well, you say you found the courage. Where did you find it?
1: <laughs> I did, did you have courage. a role model
0: or somebody that, that demonstrated some type of courage you thought, wow, yeah. if they could do it, I can do it.
1: You know, I didn't have a role model at the time. I just thought like, I think the courage was the belief that I was going to make it happen. You know I'd always been able to pivot from one career to another um, that I would figure it out. And yeah. so I just knew that the time was right. And I think it was just, maybe it was that intellectual courage that I'll figure it out. Yeah.
0: And that's, I mean, that's me. I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I've got more books than you can. I mean, I've got a Kindle that's bursting at the seams. I've got so many yeah. different books on there all different genres, you know, all different things. Um, But I love learning new, new things. And I think it's important to my clients. I want to learn the the best, right? Learn from the best and the brightest, and then bring that Mm -hmm. to my clients, depending on what it is they need. It's like, oh, I've got this book. Let's, let's use this, you know, let's draw from that. Right. I think that's important.
1: Yeah. And since I've launched my business, I've, I've done what you say. I've, you know, there are tons of books on the subject of entrepreneurship. There's tons Mm -hmm. of really great stories of people who've overcome a lot of odds to be successful. And I do find those inspiring. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So you have a new program coming up, getting ready to launch a new course in the new year. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm developing and working on is the same program that I take my clients through one-to-one right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm putting it in a course format. So they'll be able to go through it at their own speed They'll be part of a community of other people, you know, in the same place they are. So they'll be able to bounce ideas off of each other and share insights in addition to having some support from me along the way. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. It's going to just take everything that I, that I do right now and bundle it into a package. That's going to be, um, I think it's going to be better than what I'm doing now because you have that that tribe of people to support you along the way. Sure.
0: And there are some people that like the Independent learning, right? They like to go through it right. at their own pace and everything like that. Very cool. So is this going to be on launch from your website or are you going through one of the, the online training type sites?
1: Yeah, I'll have, I'll have a dedicated site. Um, what I'm doing now is just keeping a waiting list of people who are interested. So okay. you can go to my website, you can sign up on the waiting list. And then once it's launched, I'll shoot an email out to everybody and let you know, um, you know where to find it and how to learn more.
0: Very cool. And how many modules will this be? Do you know?
1: So the modules are, I think we're at seven modules, Nice. seven modules and some bonus materials as well. Very cool. Yeah. So it's going to, each module is going to be packed with a lot of content.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Now you are ICF certified. Um, is your course, you're gonna, hoping to get that accredited through ICF?
1: You know, Harlan, I hadn't thought about that. So that's uh, that's something I'll have to check into. Okay. <laughs>
0: Cause that's, that's one thing I know a lot of people look for is that uh, accreditation or certification. If they're going through a certain class, they'd love to get credits, you know, to go towards one thing or another in real estate, right. you probably knew there's a lot of, you know, to keep your license active, you had to yes. have so many, you know, extra credits or, or credits for that. So yeah, yeah, that would be good. Very cool.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good thing to aspire to. Absolutely. Awesome. I'll check into that accreditation.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. So you work with people that are are leaders in their own right. Some of them are leaders in business, some of them starting their own business, or maybe it's just themselves, their career that they're going for. What is it you look for in leaders?
1: Yeah. So what I think, a, um, what I think makes a good leader yeah. is someone who, like we like touched on before, someone who is willing to admit that they don't have all the answers um, that is willing to listen to people. Uh, people want to be heard, like you said. People want to be heard, they want to be respected. So I think that's the first thing that I look for um, and that I respect in a leader is someone who is listening. Um, respect a leader who does not fly off the handle, you know, who has that emotional intelligence when there's conflict to know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, those are really probably the two primary things I look for in a leader.
0: And so the, the younger people that you work with, we're talking about the reevaluation. Are they leaving to find a different job or are they leaving because of the boss that they have?
1: Yeah. yeah. Great question, Harlan. I know there's been a lot of studies out there that said that the number one reason people leave a job is because of their leaders or their lack of leaders. And, you know, I found that to be true with a lot of people that I talked to not not all of them, but a lot of people would be content to stay where they are. They may not be happy, but they'd be content to stay where they're at if they had better leadership or someone who could develop them uh, into something that they, they wanted to do. Um, Yeah.
0: yeah. Cause I think that's, that's tough. You, you know, people leave a job, but then they'll go get the exact same job somewhere else. So clearly it wasn't the work. It wasn't even necessarily the pay. I've known people have moved, changed jobs at, Slightly less, you know, salary.
1: Right.
0: But usually it has to do with the, like I said, the lack of leadership or or the boss. Now I worked at Lockheed Aircraft years ago. <laughs> Managers used to scream, curse. I saw one guy grab another guy by the lapels and shake him. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do that kind of thing anymore.
1: <laughs> no, things have changed a little bit since then. Thank, Just a thankfully. Little. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
0: I'm wondering if if it's the Emotional intelligence of the of the boss, um, and how much of it is the maybe the employee changing because they want to f- feel like they're contributing, you know, they're they're giving back, they're um, making a difference mm. in, in the jobs that they do. A lot. I don't think if 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 leaders can't get that vision out to where the employees really understand what it is we're doing and the impact we're having on the community and our customers and the people mm-hmm. around us if they can't get that message across, sometimes it's tough. You feel like you're just going in and going through the motions.
1: Right. Right. And you know, I, I from talking to the people that I've, that I work with, a lot of people don't have good leaders. Um, Mm. They don't have the people that can, you know, steer the ship. And, um, and, and a lot of that's because there is no training in a lot of corporations for leadership. You know, I know when I was first started working, Nobody talked about leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no leadership development. It was just you're doing good at your job, you're promoted, and yeah. okay, now you're a leader. You figure <laughs> it out, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just through sheer you know tenure, you've been here long enough. You you're now in the office, and you have a team of people you have to lead. Yeah, they don't do a lot of a lot of training on that. That's sad. Yeah.
1: It's it's getting better, I think, in the larger organizations, but um, but too many people don't get the benefit of that kind of training early in their careers when it could make a real difference.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So you work mainly one-to-one with people. Do you do any group type training or group coaching?
1: Yeah. So now it's one-to-one. Um, it will be that the course that's launching is going to be a combination of a course and, and group coaching. And at some point I may branch out into into group coaching, but right now I I find that I get the best results from that one-to-one work. Nice.
0: And so the course will be asynchronous. They can log in, go through the, the things, but then what you're going to have a live component to where they can get on with the Q and a type of sessions.
1: Yep. There'll be a live component uh, once or twice a week where they can ask questions of me and I'll answer them. And they can also get feedback from others in the community. Nice. So that's the part I'm most excited about is that. absolutely? Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Having that community is huge. Right. Definitely. Very cool. Do you have a name for your new course yet?
1: I do, but I can't remember it <laughs> 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 because it changes Harlan. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, you're still putting that um, together and it'll be launched in 2022. Right? And this podcast will go live at the beginning of January. So I'll make sure that I get that information from you. We'll put it in the show notes. So everybody has okay. this available. So they'll know Good. kind of what's, what's happening and what's coming up. Okay. If they want Fantastic. to find out more about your programs and your one-to-one coaching, um, where can people find you? What's your website?
1: Yes, my my website is Revolution U Coaching, and that's U Y O U revolution dot okay. They can find out what I do and the kind of people I work with, and more about my programs. And that's that'll be the first place where I have the waiting list for people who want to learn more about the course.
0: Okay, and that's uh, a link off the the homepage where they can click and, and go in and.
1: Yes, it'll be obvious when they log in. Um, yeah, very yeah. cool. And They can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, so I've got a lot of information about, uh, the kind of work I do and people I work with there as well.
0: Very cool. Awesome. Well, I will make sure all this information is in the show notes. So when people listen to the podcast, they can go out and find your course revolution you coaching.com. Correct. Correct. Awesome. Claudia, thank you so much. This has been great. I appreciate having you on. And, uh, once the program is launched and running, we'll have you back on and, and talk more about it. See how it's going.
1: Thank you, Harlan. I really enjoyed talking to you today.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. All right, listeners, hope you guys were uh, taking notes. There's a lot of good takeaways from this. Make sure you go out to check out the website and sign up for the new course, which will be launched in January. And if you like this episode, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.